Hello, beautiful people. DC Actors for Animals presents Beltway Barks on Saturday, September 14th at the Rockville Town Center. The theater and animal rescue communities of DC come together to save animals at Beltway Barks. They'll have around 40 animals up for adoption there that day, as well as awesome pet vendors with toys, treats, and gear, as well as trainers and veterinary services. You'll also get to see award-winning DC actors perform musical numbers from some of the best theaters in town as we kick off the DC metro area's 2019-2020 theater season. Go to dcactorsforanimals.com for details. Beltway Barks, September 14th, Rockville Town Center, dcactorsforanimals.com for details. Hello, beautiful people. I have a quick announcement before we get started today. The original cast is now on Spotify. You can listen to this podcast that you love so much, not only on Apple Podcasts or another podcatcher of your choosing, but Spotify. So go over to Spotify or find somebody who listens to Spotify and tell them to listen to the original cast on Spotify. I'm trying to pronounce the T a lot there, I feel, and it's just, I don't know if it's working, but Spotify. Spot, it, it just, it's really bad. It's a, it's a sibilant problem. Listen to the original cast on Spotify. All right, here's the show. So... Your number, sir? Thank you. Lot 666, ladies and gentlemen. See what I did there? I used the scary number, so you know it's scary. A chandelier <laughs> in pieces. This chandelier killed a lot of people. Like a lot. But so we're many. selling it. So, so many. many. <laughs> Dropped from a great height onto the audience during a performance of an opera. The audience was, for some reason, still in their seats, even though they had just witnessed a man, Joseph Bouquet, hung by a magic rope known as the Punjab Lasso, which we will be introducing later in this act and then forget about and then bring it up again in act two. But it's kind of subtle. So even if you've seen the show more than once, you may not know it's a thing. Anyway, what, what the, are you talking about? Exactly. I mean, I there we go. The, the audience <laughs> stayed in their seats while the newest star of the opera escaped to the roof with her lover for a four minute song and then a three minute reprise. Before the Phantom dropped this very chandelier onto the audience, killing, as I said, a lot of people. But now we're selling it because we held on to the broken pieces of the chandelier for some reason. Even after another person was hung from the stage several months later. But who can say what happened? The mystery was never fully explained. Perhaps today we may frighten away the ghosts of so many years ago with a little illumination. Gentlemen. And uh, at this point, I'm assuming we're going to we're cue cut to the, the overdramatic that's, that's exactly over organ happen. music. Okay, great. <laughs> Welcome to the Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. Well, it happened. It happened. It took... Okay, let me just make sure I've got this right here. How many? How many? 181 episodes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Three and a half years. 84 guests. And Angela K. Perko. Woo! <laughs> Director extraordinaire, when asked to appear on this show, said, would it be crazy if we did Phantom of the Opera? There we go. <laughs> and for some reason, Patrick was mad enough to go along with me. <laughs> well, so here's the funny thing. 
people have brought this show up. And never is their first choice. It's always been on like a list of like five shows. And this has been <gasps> in the mix. So you are the first person to bring it up as their like their oh first God. choice. <laughs> and I, have I was the first one mad enough. Mad enough to hit it. And I have always <laughs> eschewed it. Always, always, always. Because I thought, no, you're not the right person to talk with me about this show. Well, I'm deeply flattered. But that, we that, met that, once. We, 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 we met, we and met I once said, and you were like, yes, yes this is the woman to yes, do Phantom. Absolutely. Because yes. <laughs> we got to do it. Of course. Well, you had to. The and show. I, I just, I mean, I mean, as, as I, I'm, I'm just deeply flattered that you trusted me with this. I do. I, mean, I, I do just, trust I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I trust <laughs> you. I don't want to say implicitly, but I do trust you. I trust that this will be, this will be worthy of our time. Some fun facts. Show opened on January 26, 1988. Are you kidding? No. It opened on my birthday? Oh, that is your birthday? That is my birthday! Oh, wow! Oh, my gosh! (laughs) Well, there we are. This is my birthday show, everyone. It's official. Oh, my God, that's funny. So you know exactly how old Santa is at any given moment. (laughs) The number one song in the country at the time the show opened, Mm -hmm. The Way You Make Me Feel by Michael Jackson. The Way You Make Me Feel. I'm playing right now under all this. Oh, God. The number one album in the country was Tiffany by oh. Tiffany. Oh. Mm-hmm. She of uh, I Saw Him Standing There. Yeah. Uh, the number one movie in the country was Good Morning Vietnam, which is a great movie. The number one novel in the country was The Bonfire of the Vanity. And we had just had The State of the Union in 1988, in which President Reagan <laughs> said he would remain aggressive right to the finish line of his presidency and also urged Congress to show America that democracy works even in an election year. That was on the front page of the New York Times uh, when this show <laughs> opened, on the day it opened. Uh, so, yeah, we'll just... I recently finished like a huge deep dive into Angels in America, so like Reagan is... I was gonna say, it was loathing, unadulterated uh, loathing. Uh, yeah, um, so... Yeah, that's where we were 31 years ago when this show opened. Um... And here we are today. It shows no signs of slowing. How did the Phantom of the Opera come into your life? Oh my gosh. Okay. So um, Phantom is the first musical. Um, there, there were other musicals in my life before this point because I'm a theater child. And of course, there were other musicals. But um, Phantom is the first one that I remember really making an impact of... Um, so this is ridiculous, and um, I'm I'm going to out my friends and myself. But um, when I was a child, uh, we would do what I would uh, what what we called living room musicals. Oh and, sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of no, course. that's not uncommon. Yeah. Of course. No. 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 Yeah. 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 But we would go all sure. Out. Like sure. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. It was. We. 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 You went. did it mm-hmm. exactly. We. We. We did the full theatricality of it, um, and Phantom was the first one that we really. Um, uh, that I just remember my friends and I just being like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. And um, I was always Raul. Really? I don't say that bitterly at all. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I just... Well, 
There aren't a lot of women parts in this show. No, but I was always Raul, okay? I was never Eric. I was never Christine. Like, I was Ooh, always Eric. Raul. Eric. She calls him Eric. I uh, Listen, we're on, we're on, at this point, I feel like Eric and I are on intimate terms with sure. the amount of times hey. I, have, I have heard this musical. Um, but yeah, no, I just, um, this this was this was our musical. This was just the one that me and my friends and I did. And uh, it was... Uh, it just ended up, you know, meaning a lot to me. And then I, you know, got older and was like, oh, I've I've discovered the deeply problematic implications of this musical. And I was like, oh yes, I, I must as as an adult, I must I must grow older and find other musicals. And it didn't matter. Mm. Phantom has always been just like the first musical, the one that meant the most. It just has always been like yeah, no, this, no, this it's it. exactly, yeah, sure. like even, even with all this ridiculousness, and it's, 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 and, and I just mentioned this to you, it's, it's the deeply wonderful question of me being like, yes, I am a smart, intelligent woman who is, who understands, you know, the role of theater and, and, and the importance of, 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 of what it means to like make sure that like we write good roles for women, and at the same time I'm like, oh my god, I love this musical so sure. much. It's just it's so sure. silly. It makes no sense, and I love it. We're here for all of it. It yes, yes, and and I mean it is. It's a juggernaut. It is. It's quite. a phenomenon. It really is. How many times have you seen it? I actually have only seen it once, but okay. I saw it in London, and I saw Ooh, it. Ooh, some in bonus a... points. Oh yes, thank yes, you. Yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um, yes, I saw it. Um, I, I, I want to talk about this more a little bit later, just sure. because I feel like there are certain moments that I could only um, give pr- appropriate weight to by explaining how I've seen them. Versus oh sure. How okay. I imagined sure. Yes, sure. Yeah. Oh no, that's important. Yes, yeah, 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 no, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was there. There are certain versions of this um, that I, 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 I imagined it for so long, and then it was like I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, that was the choices you made." Cool. Right. Okay. Cool. That's all right. Let's <laughs> let's live with that. Right. So. Oh, that's how we did that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very fair. So you saw it in London. All right. That's I did. great. When yeah, when I about? Did. Um. Uh, I guess it was 2011, about 2010, 2011. Yeah, so about 10 years ago. Oh, okay. All right, so pretty recent. Um, Which is a hilarious thing to say, that 10 years ago was recent. Oh, God, yeah, I was going to say, shut up. In this show's run. Um, Shut up. (laughs) It's true, though, because this show opened. So we will be, the recording we're talking about is the London cast, because there is only the London cast. There is also the Canadian cast, Highlights album, which is good if if you're in the mood. but they did not make a Broadway cast album when they no. came to because this is Andrew Lloyd Webber and that's yes. how he rolls. But we will be talking mainly about the Broadway production. I think I've seen the broad. I saw it on Broadway in '92, <gasps> a mere four years into. Did its you see run. It with the original cast? No, I did not. Oh, I saw I it actually with um at the time the guy who did, it was Davis Gaines. He was mm. the, at the time, the l- most, he had performed the, the role the most. Oh, okay. Um, he, he now, I don't think even ranks in no, the sort of, in say, the list of like. Say, I, don't, I don't remember him at all. No, he's, a, I mean, he's a, he's a pr- Broadway professional. He's a guy, like, he's done a lot. But he, like, so many people have done it so many more times than he did. <laughs> um, he was great. I really liked it. We saw him in the back row of the balcony. 
Um, it was the first show I ever saw on Broadway. I'm 99. Oh. Yeah, no, it was the first show I ever saw on Broadway. Oh, happy. So at the time I saw it, it had been running for four years and was a big deal. Um, I then saw it again on tour in Baltimore in like 2006. Wow. Okay. So you've seen this more than I've I have. seen it twice. Um, the tour production was not great. Um, it was a it was a Sunday matinee. It was at the end of their tenure well, in Baltimore. You can't, you can't just people on a Sunday. Everyone was I tired, just, yeah, you, and you could just life. feel it. It was yeah. super tired. Yeah, I think this is true. When I saw <laughs> Phantom, the longest running show uh, was had, was at the time a chorus line, which had which ran for six thousand one hundred and thirty seven performances. And how long has Phantom run for? Uh, I don't know. IBDB, as of the recording of this episode, it usually has a little thing on it that's like as of this date, but uh-huh. they may be like live updating now. <laughs> Ran has been running for 13,110 performances what? as of July 30th, which is when we're recording this. I... It's not even close. The next nearest show to it is the Chicago Revival, which is also still running. And behind that is the Lion King Revival, or the Lion King, which is still running. Uh, But Chicago and Lion King are just over 9,000. They are still 4,000 performances. They cannot dream of touching us. They are an entire run of Miss Saigon behind (laughs) Phantom of the Opera. It is bananas it is a it is monolith. absolutely bananas it just, and it makes me super mad because so cats is the fourth longest running show in broadway history <laughs> oh god help and us whatever but <laughs> well, cats a, famously look. ran at a loss for years mm-hmm. so that andrew lloyd andrew lloyd weber kept it running so it would become the longest running show on broadway didn't he like take out a second mortgage on he his did house a whole i mean the yeah, rumors yeah. are broad the man has a lot of money he could <laughs> it doesn't seem like it would cost him that much to keep it running uh but he did this to make sure it would pass les mis which at the time was the longest running and um oh no that's not true i'm sorry to, to keep it try to keep it past les mis but like it really makes me mad that he did that because now phantom is just never never <laughs> gonna close he did that by the way cats closed 19 years ago are you kidding i'm me? not kidding the oh original the original broadway run of cats closed in 2000 and, and phantom, phantom just has been running phantom just keeps going for an additional <laughs> again cats ran for 18 years cats has now been closed for 19 years. I mean, so, 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 so cats has been and closed longer. longer. Yes. Like, <laughs> I mean, you just, longer than it was open. And Phantom is still running, which opened it just keeps going. only six years on Broadway after Cats did. I mean, well, it's, I mean it's can we just, let, let, let's take a moment and just talk about the fact of what Phantom did. Phantom, I mean, Cats, Cats is its own thing. Like, sure. that was, that was, that was, you know, Andrew Lickbubber now and forever, playing in his sandbox, yeah. you know. Yeah, but, but Phantom... I think one of the things that's really extraordinary for me is the fact that um, we, t- we talk, I mean, if you think about the evolution of the American musical, like, you know, you think about, you know, Rodgers and Hammerstein mm-hmm. and all of their jazz and what they did back in the day, which was extraordinary, and mm-hmm. let us not, you know, discredit that. Phantom feels for me like the first um, of, I-, I guess let's call it maybe second wave 
musicals, uh, maybe third wave might be more appropriate, but it's, it's, um, what it did was it was this blockbuster Mm -hmm. of, of it's, it's, it, it came out of, you know, this, Maniacal Englishman, shall we say? A couple of maniacal Englishmen. I mean, there's a lot of there's a few yeah. British guys and that, one. This is true. One this American, an important so, American involved. And Sarah in Brightman. And Sarah Brightman, who I will fight to the death over how amazing that woman is. Oh, okay. We can like, do that. Oh yeah, no. Uh, I let's, <laughs> no, we let's, can't do that. Let's know. Let's, no, let's go to. She's great. She's great yeah. No, she, no, I no, just. Um, but it really was. It was. Um, I just think of it as, um, when I think of it in my youth of just, um, I just remember people hailing it as a sort of interesting uh, hallmark a little bit of just like people being like, um, this is really different. Yeah, well it is, for my money, if you, there's sort of these, these, Artificial gulp, like lines we draw in the sand. I was yeah, just talking about well, this yeah, with Rick Westerkamp. You know, but like, you have to draw the line somewhere yeah. because there was clearly like it's different now. It was this way then. Like at some point, we draw a line. And so, if you use Rodgers and Hammerstein in Oklahoma as first, the first generation of the American, yeah, theater, I mean, and of course, I would it's, all, it's all entirely mandatory. It's all, and it makes abso- no sense. Yeah, abso- but absolutely, it, it's completely arbitrary. And the second l- line I draw comes in 1970 with Company. Yes, there's just yes, it's a clear yes. moment you can like. It hap- It started before that. Don't email me. It started before <laughs> that. I get it. But like Company is a good show to point to and be like that show. Like yes. that was a show. Okay, yes. great. That we still do today. Yeah. Um, just like Oklahoma. And then the <laughs> third wave to me actually begins very soon after that with Cats because that's fair. Yeah. It's the Cameron yeah. Macintosh style over substance thing. There's like this genesis with with Oscar Hammerstein. I'm going to be super reductive here, by the way. (laughs) And I'm also going to say like, like, yeah, I'm just going to be reductive. And and that's, that is what it is. And I apologize if this offends you, but it is the, the thing of like what Oscar Hammerstein did with Oklahoma. And again, I'm oversimplifying. I know there was showboat. Please don't. But he started to, he started, he started to do this, weaving the stories and songs into each other to create a musical cohesiveness as a more musical play than a play with music mm. uh, or a more review style show mm-hmm. which culminates in the first big success of that being Oklahoma which was a smash success yeah. company is a, a, an announcement of a different way to of like a, a, a build on that of like yeah. well we can do this and we can have no story we can have just characters and we can really use music kind of go back to the review roots a little bit and also move forward a mm-hmm. little bit in terms of story and development and the book becomes really important. 100%. What Cameron McIntosh and Andrew Lloyd Webber did, <laughs> it is really just, like, I don't, there's no malice in what I'm about to say, but they, they sort of then... Threw sub style and substance out the they window. Went, no, they went backwards. Like, <laughs> they, went, they went back two steps and were just like, because Andrew Lloyd Webber just wanted to write Cats. And he just wanted to write this musical based on this book of poems, and he wanted and it was just cats, like that's all it yeah. was. But so like this, like Cameron McIntosh then was able to take this thing, and with his his incredible genius at a marketing, but b logos and spectacle, was able to then take this from Cats to uh, Les Mis, Starlight Express, uh, Miss Saigon. Like there's this build of this same sort of show where. Mm-hmm. Les Mis is probably the best written of all those, but it's like the, yeah. the writing isn't what's important. Pro- pro- probably, right. I was going to say. 
they're like, does it hit the high parks? Can I put a logo on it? Do we have something happening on the stage that can't happen anywhere else? Like, yeah. there's the tire and yeah. cats. There's the chandelier and phantom. There's the helicopter and Miss Saigon. Like, is there something bringing the tourists in that they can go, oh my God, you got to see this. Exactly. Phantom is the apex of this. Is the, like yes. the most successful. I mean, it, you can't, it's, it's sort of what is cynically referred to as the Vegas vacation of Broadway, which sort of coincides also with the like, it's a little bit before this, but like the Giuliani takeover of Times Square to make it more of a corporate little thing. It all is well, happening. You call it, you call yeah. it Vegas as yeah. if it's a bad thing. Like, well, that's the thing. there's a go reason. Two ways we it. go right. to Vegas Absolutely. for a reason, right. you know? Like, and it's, it's people go see Phantom for a reason right. because yes. it is Phantom. Right. Like, it's, it is, it is this, it is this cultural phenomenon for heaven's sakes that yeah. just like, you know, it's, it's, we all acknowledge how stupid it is, but we're all also, we don't all acknowledge to, that. I would okay, like, like, no, yeah. that's fair. We we don't all acknowledge how stupid it is, but it is super stupid, and I love it. <laughs> like it is the, it is amazing. That could be the name of this podcast. It's super <laughs> stupid, and I love it. So here's the thing: the the novel really bridges all of these disparate scenes. What you really get in the novel. You say that, but I see the look in your eyes, and it tells me. Well, because there is also there is also this say. other element. I mean, the novel is, I think, very good. And it's a gothic horror. I mean, it's kind of pulpy, Mm -hmm. but whatever. You know, it's 19th century French literature. And this was at the point where they were writing for literally like cocaine for words. Or whatever it is. Yeah, 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 absolutely. (laughs) And it is a big book. I mean, it is a tome. And it is fluff, basically. It's a romance novel. You know, it it is what it is. But there's a lot of disparate ideas in the musical, like as I brought up in the intro, the Punjab Lasso, that. Yeah, that was how, okay. how that related to an entire character who does not even exist in the so musical. The Phantom in the book is magic, like has supernatural powers. Yeah. In the play, he has supernatural powers. Like we just don't maybe. know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Well, I mean, he shows up in a mirror, right? Like, but you know. he does. <laughs> he does like. But there's, so there is there's that element of like he's got a lot of trapdoors he's got a lot of yeah, this that you know like that's fair. but there are moments of like genuine magic that he performs most the most undeniable one is when he makes Carlotta um, he takes away her voice. Did I not instruct that Box Five was to be kept empty? It's him. I know it. It's him. Your part is silent, little toad. A toad, madam. Perhaps it is you who are the toad. Seraphimo, away with this pretense. You cannot speak, but kiss me in my... <laughs> For a fool, he makes me laugh. Oh. His ability to do that is not natural. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's no there's no pre you But can, we don't explain it in the show. Why no, would No, not we? at all. We don't explain anything in this show. And in the but so in the novel though, he is magic. He has a magical lasso. Yeah. He has a, he has several magical weapons 
that exist in his lair. And mm -hmm. this whole thing about keeping your hand at the level of your eyes. Punjab Lasso, which so that comes from the Persian who does not show, does up, not in show up in the musical whatsoever. at all. That's why we like. give Madame Giri a lot of his little thing. But like, who admittedly is the smartest character in any of these, like oh, sure. in, in both of these stories, Madame sure. Giri is like, like, like hands down the Spot smartest on. character. Yeah. yeah. Um, and knows a lot about him and, and knows, you know, who he is and, and where he came from. The novel goes into great detail about this deformed man who lives mm -hmm. in the basement. We're just going to keep calling it the basement. And he um, <laughs> is a musical genius, but he's horribly deformed and so is cast out. I mean, you know, and it's Hunchback yeah. of Notre Dame and it's mm -hmm. all other kinds of stories yeah, of you've, you've heard. Um, but the musical really relies on our collective unconscious knowledge of this story. It really decides that like, we don't need to explain all this. Yeah. You will just get it. And that it's, is a tremendous gamble that well, this show I, I takes. Well, I feel like it's it's Andrew Lee Weber just being like, go with this, you guys. It's, it's, well, it's yeah. him just saying to the audience, just like, go with me. Just go with it. It's like, like, let's have fun. And like, they do. I mean, like, but people did. And it is that, like, I kind of, even before I read the book, sort of knew the story of Phantom of the Opera. There's mm -hmm. a couple movies about it. And there's, you know, it's just one of those stories that people go, oh, yeah, he's a guy and he's in the basement. And like he kidnaps a girl because of course he does. That's what people do in these stories. Exactly. And you know, if you live in a basement, what else is there for? What you else to is do? there? To, God. Yeah. Well, this is my deeply disparate feelings about this musical. As I told you when we started off, it's just on the one hand, I'm like, this makes no sense. Right. Logically, as a storyteller and an artist myself, this story makes me angry. And at the same time, I'm like. I love it, and I will fight you to the death. So over what? It. What do you love about it? It's beautiful. It's mm. it's 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 a romance, and I'm a super stupidly romantic human being, and it's um, it just is uh, it's there's something quite lovely about uh, this uh, you know at 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 its core, it's a story of a young woman who you know finds herself in a world that, you know, doesn't understand her, and she is extraordinary, and, um, you know, yeah, there are men fighting over her, whatever, but, like, actually, Christine's story is the thing that interests me the most, of just, sure. like, of, yeah, I just, um, I think that's, um, it's, it's, I, I don't think people actually give enough credit to the story of Christine Daae, honestly. Of I just I think it's actually quite an extraordinarily. I think including story. the authors of this show. Yeah, I mean, I no, really, frankly, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. one of the, the so one of the things that we glossed over is that the reason the Phantom is able to take to get into her life is because he. She's a young woman who's gone through trauma. She right. lost her so dad. So he lost her dad. She never. We, we know nothing of her mother. Yeah. Her mother died when she was very young. Yeah. And she. It was only with her father, who was a famous violinist. I don't know. I'm going to say a lot of things that might not be in the musical. They're also they're like from the novel. I don't remember which is in which. It, it, so I'm just going to say the the if it if I say something and you're like, where did that come from? It's in the book. Yeah, um, go with us. Yes, just roll with me. But the just like Andrew Lloyd Webber, just roll with me. Here. Uh, but he is able to exploit her basically be, by pretending to be. Not her father exactly, but some an a angel figure, sent right? by yes, her father. Yes, exactly. he is sent from yes. the other from as he calls himself the angel of music, yeah. and he is sent to take care of her and teach her music as response, like by her father essentially. Yeah. That is how that is his in into her. He has this information 
we questionably. Know. Well, because he's <laughs> it, he's overheard her. He's become obsessed with her. Yeah. It, it, it is. I will say. In a, it, it's not a defense. It sounds. Um, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to sound good <laughs> saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway because it bears saying is that he is obsessed with her because of her voice. Yeah. It is the music that is his obsession. He is yeah. not. He is in love with her. He does have physical feelings for her. I'm not denying that. But yeah. his love, as is repeated over and over and over again, and is from the novel, what he's in love with is music. Yeah. And Christine makes beautiful music. She really does. And that's, 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 and that yeah. was, like, like me as a young nerdy kid of like, oh, hey, cool. Like a young, you know, kind of stupid, but like, sorry, Christine, I love you. But, um, well, we don't know enough about, I mean, we don't but, know uh, enough yeah, about no, her to but know that it's, it's <laughs> stupid um, or not. The, the, yeah, I shouldn't say stupid. Stupid's the wrong word. It just, um, the, the innocence of the, of the character really appealed to me as a young kid of just like, yeah, of just like you just want to make art and you uh, like it's all these all other she wants people to do are is putting. Sing. Well, exactly. Yeah. And that's, and, you know, these men are putting their ideals on her. And, right. you know, that's. But for me as a kid, like, I was like, like, this is. I, I super was like, this is a super cool character. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, th- I really identify with just like someone who just wanted to sing and be left alone. Right. <laughs> like, that was. That was. That was me as a kid. I'm just she like, does leave not, me alone. She does not <laughs> seek out the fame that she gets no. by any stretch. She is. Carlotta quits. I don't remember why, but like, <laughs> this is a really great scene. Oh, I remember why. Okay. Yeah, a really, I remember let me set why. you up. Yeah, There's yeah, a really yeah. great book scene at the beginning of this show that isn't on the recording where. Uh, Furman and Andre are taking possession of the opera house and the old guy who the old owner is like looking around nervously and then is like okay it's your problem now bye, bye and, like, exactly. like ghost on the stage and then like a second later something happens with the phantom well that's the thing Carlotta starts to sing and then all of a sudden the phantom essentially like drops a book on her that's what and it then is, the, yeah. and the ballet girls freak right. the fuck out temper tantrum and piss off and Meg is like yoink I'm gonna put my best friend in this well role. that's right so that she quits and then Meg says Christine Dye Christine could sing, sing it, it sir. Sir. right that scene is a little longer than on the recording but it is basically it's pretty fast where she's like you should come sing it and Madame Geary says no really like check this check this out and she sings and it's freaking Sarah Brightman so of course it sounds absolutely gorgeous yeah and she God, Sarah Brightman oh she's so good oh my she's God. so good oh. as a singer uh, I'm gonna throw that note in there. Um, but she like, so then she she sings and she's a hit, and she, but she really just is is a, is one of those characters who just really just wants to make music and like you say really would like to just be left alone to she make re- music. She she is and she is one of the first like legitimately good people I remember seeing in media as a kid. And oh, I that's was interesting. Just, yeah, I just I just remember thinking of looking at her and being like. You're a good person. Mm-hmm. 
And it meant a lot to me of sure. just like, yeah, of just like that. I, and I she don't does know. It care. Was, I mean, her. She does. She cares about everybody. Yeah. She And in not a kind of Pollyanna, saccharine, Annie kind of way. She no, does she's like, legitimately she has like. genuine empathy for the Phantom. So the, the man we haven't talked about yet who's involved in this show and I think is integral <laughs> to its success is Hal Prince. I think, I mean, the man has 47 Tony Awards or whatever it is. Like, he's gotten a lot of credit. But I really don't think he gets enough credit for making this show anything at all. Because he really, really did a good job at crafting moments of drama building and character connection that yeah. do not exist in the text. Absolutely. He does, like, they're really, and the first one, th- this idea that I know he had because of I read the book when I was a kid about the making of this <laughs> musical, uh, was the idea that the phantom ugliness under his mask would be revealed in two stages. Mm-hmm. That there is the initial stage where f- mm-hmm. the mask falls off, which is the famous scene from the Lon Chaney yeah. movie, and, all that. Yeah. and Christine sees him and she, he yells at her, and it's mm-hmm. really and damn you, yes, it's really good. <laughs> I do like that. Really. I do. And yeah. he then, I mean, he stares at her and he kind of screams at her, and she doesn't curse him or run away. She just no. gently hands him back the mask. Exactly. And it is that moment of tenderness that says has him go like, okay, you can go, which is super weird, but mm-hmm. it is. It is well, not, a, no, not only can you go, but I'm going to escort you up. And by the way, we're going to creep out a bunch of ballet girls while we go. Oh, yeah. Here we go. This is how I do. <laughs> this is what I am. Watch me do it. Uh, and he, but that is, it's that moment of quiet tenderness and understanding. That is a really, really nice moment yeah. of her character to be like, I'm not, you know, I'm super weird. Like, this is weird where I am. And like, this is kind of, I'm not 100% on this, but like, you're in pain. And like, it's That's, not your fault. Yeah, yeah. And then, but then to say the second level, which doesn't really read from where I was sitting <laughs> either time I saw the show, <laughs> but is like the second time she takes his mask off when she does it on stage live during the opera, you see that his wig comes off and you really see the full effect the of, his, of his deformity yeah, yeah. that then is how he is for the rest of the show. Like the full impact of his face is, is rendered to the audience. But he really does like... There's a certain, the two people who have sympathy and knowledge of the Phantom are Christine and Madame Geary. Yeah. Madame Geary, her approach is always just do what he says. Yeah. Because he's going to kill people if you don't. Yes. And even if you do, he might kill people. Well, isn't in the novel that she had like some previous knowledge of him? She knows him. Or she rescued him. him She knows him. The Persian, like knows him, knows him from when he was a little kid. Yeah. And knows that his name is Eric. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that information is revealed I don't know. I don't think musical. so either. That's, that's, see, that's so astonishing to me because, like, Eric's plot line, as interesting as it is, is actually one of the least interesting parts of it for me. Of like, I'm like content for him to be the mysterious guy in the basement. That is the smartest decision these people made. Yeah, was to in no way dwell on who he was or why he was the way he was. Weird guy in the basement. It doesn't make any difference because yeah. it doesn't matter. Nope. You're right. It is not. They have the love story between Raul and Christine. We've got the tension of the fact that they're putting on shows. And that is enough. Yeah. If. 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 The score is good enough. The direction's good enough. And the design is good enough. And yeah. that is the third heat that this production of Phantom of the Opera brings. Because 
God, it is beautiful. It is so it beautiful. Is so beautiful. It, is, it is gorgeous. I mean, like, and not in a distracting way. Like, no. I think that Sunset, everybody like, I mean, not everybody. A lot of people like Sunset Boulevard. I am not one of those people. No. <laughs> and it was the first time I saw that on Broadway and in its original run. And it was the first time I remember I was like 16 and I did like the score at the time. But I remember feeling like this show is over designed. Like yeah. there's that. Have you ever seen it? Like uh, No, um, no, no, no. I've, I've seen the original movie. So but... when they go to her house, I mean, the movie's phenomenal. Yeah. When they go to her house for the first time, the stage kind of empties and the whole house set moved into position and like plopped down. Yeah. And it's this big ornate thing with this big staircase. I mean, it's this gorgeous thing. And yeah. it got applause. Yeah. And I really remember thinking, nah. that's not good. Like, yeah. that's too much. That's really like, uh, what am I? It's so big. It's so overdone. And what well, really I like about the Phantom design is how much they really use the darkness. Yes. And hint at things and like imply things and... And the costumes are so good, but like it really is like it's a lot of light and shadow and tricks and mirrors more than it is like a giant piece of a set. It does have a giant piece of a set. Well, but I it, think it's, it's I think it's one of the things that um, plays and musicals in general are starting to lean a little bit too heavily on is this um, the feel like they must show everything and make it super cool. Yeah, like which is I think one of the reasons. I'm going to tangent. Oh, Here we go. Um, one of the reasons why I think Hamilton was such a success was because Hamilton relied so much on just, um, frankly, the art of storytelling of just like, yeah. we're going to just tell you this thing happened. Mm-hmm. Imagine it. Have fun. Right. Go to town. It does have a dur- double turntable. But it, well, it does. It absolutely does. But it, is, but it is just a box. I mean, it's a box with ropes and stairs. Yeah, I was going to say, like a turntable you, as far as... the exception of the turntable... We could replicate that set in almost any theater in this town. Yeah, also a turntable is relatively like... We could also do like, the turntable Yeah, yeah I was yeah, going to yeah, say, yeah. but also a turntable is like frankly not that high tech. Um, and it's, I think that's one of the things that Phantom does really well. I mean, the biggest moment theatrically that I can think of is the, um, is, is the chandelier. Yeah. And even when I saw that in London, it felt real. Like it, yeah. there. It didn't feel like a super theatrical moment of like, and yes, now we slowly sing down the chandelier. No, that thing was swinging for the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It no, falls. it was. It was. I was legitimately frightened. I was like, oh god. And I will say, I would like to see this again from better seats because yeah. I've seen it twice from the balcony, once at the Hippodrome in Baltimore and once at the Majestic, and. The Hippodrome, I had better seats than I did at the Majestic. But either way, I would really like to sit either front mezzanine or in the orchestra to see that effect happen. Because it's just, it's kind of lost when you, well, on tour, it's nothing Mm -hmm. because like they have to fly it in. You know what I mean? Like it's clearly hanging there and you know what's going to happen. But like in, so I would want to say it this way on Broadway. But I remember being impressed by it even as a kid, knowing it was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but it is like yeah, you really. I want to see it. I want to see it happen. I want to see it for yeah. real. I want to see it do its thing. Well, and that's I. It's I felt like it was a very real moment for me of just like watching this happen and just be like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, it's coming in. Yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an effect. It's a worthy effect. I mean, it, yeah. it does earn because also, in terms of like large set pieces, that's it. Yeah, it is really. You know, there, there's the big staircase when they do the masquerade, which is modeled after the actual staircase in the Paris Opera mm-hmm. House, where I've actually been. 
Oh, my. And it is beautiful. Um, I mean, absolutely beautiful building. Uh, I did not see a show there, but we took a tour. And uh, see a show. <laughs> you know, they were doing 12 Angry Men. And uh, <laughs> now that would be funny. <laughs> Staging 12 Angry Men in the Paris Opera House. Dos Hommes en Caleric. But like that, yeah, like it's a show, whatever. But like it's a beautiful, beautiful staircase. It's a beautiful yeah. building. It's iconic. Yeah. All that stuff. So they do put the stairs on the stage at the top of Act Two. I don't want to mm-hmm. like under. It's not like a minimalist production, yeah. except for things like I mean, the boat trip to the yeah. lair is just basically you know it's it's the old school rope and pulley boat mm-hmm. with a lot of floating candles and like all the mist in the world. <laughs> so I do that remember fog machine. from the balcony. I do remember this feeling at twelve of being like. That's a lot of fog. Like, you see it like rolling into the pit and be like, that is a, like a lot of fog. Like, man, you, that's a lot of fog. Just, are you all okay? Can yeah. you breathe Can you, down you guys there? Doing all right? like, just, that's a lot of fog. <laughs> we should be worried about your like breathing okay. conditions. I don't, maybe. I think, a little I'm not bit. sure. It's, a, it's very unclear. <laughs> a lot of candles. I remember thinking at the time also, who lit those candles? Um, <laughs> this, one, one poor stage manager. Because we could like, really go. It'd be really funny. To go blow by, you'd have to do it while the show was on. Like, it'd have to be like a commentary track and be like, what is happening? You know, like, (laughs) where are we here exactly? And why are we in the 80s? I mean, you said it. The title song of this show (laughs) sounds like nothing else in this show. No, it really sounds. you it's it's you start with the overture and it's beautiful organs and then you've got like all these opera music and it's just it's like lovely and oh it's orchestral. But it is the overture. It, so here's the smartest thing in the show and this was po- this was pointed out to me. I did not. This is not an original thought. I okay. think it's on the um, Lindsay Ellis. If you don't, I yeah, do know yes, her. I yes, love yes, 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 yes. Her yes. video on the Phantom of the Opera movie. Her mo- her video on the Rent movie is. We cannot even talk about the Phantom good. of the Opera movie. That would be another. Three That's a whole other thing. That movie is that ungodly one, awful. Is so but bad. The um, her videos on YouTube are awesome, <laughs> and her video on uh, specifically on Rent is great. But her video yeah. on Phantom of the Opera movie is great too because she pointed out. I always wondered why the show starts the way it does. It starts with this prologue with Raoul as an old man buying the monkey. <laughs> monkey. That big a deal. <laughs> It isn't that big a deal in the show, but he buys it and he <laughs> and sings yet. this little song about the monkey. <laughs> and yet. And then they do the thing that I parodied at the beginning. And I always wondered, like, it's a great start, but I always wondered why. And Lindsay Ellis points out that the reason that scene exists is because you can't just lower the lights and then hit that huge D minor chord yep. on the organ. Nope. Because not everybody will be sitting down. Not everybody. Yep. Like, that moment needs for full effect, needs everyone to be quiet and watching. Yeah. And so whoever's idea it was, I would have bet it was Al Prince's idea to put this scene at the top what is, is brilliant. And yeah. it gives this like scene that doesn't matter. You can miss it. It's not a big deal. We'll introduce the chandelier. It'll like spark to life and rise up. Fantastic. And we play this overture. But because it's an Andrew Lloyd Webber show, it's not really an overture. This is a big bugaboo with me. Yeah. He doesn't write overtures. No. He just takes one song and takes all the words out. And just and like plays explodes it at the top in. of the show. Like, yeah, exactly. Because that's all the the uh, the overture is just the song, the Phantom of the Opera, played on orchestra, like orchestrally and with the yeah. organ. That's all it is. 
And it's amazing. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's certainly better than when we bring in the drum machine and the synthesizers. Bob! Those drums are so stupid. They're so dumb. Those drums are nuts. Hold on, Sarah Brightman needs to serenade me now. And that's the other thing. The actors are so committed to this. Oh, yes. They're just like, it's just... I don't think it's a... So the this show debuted... The first act debuted as a workshop at Andrew Lloyd Webber's estate. Of course it did. With Sarah Brightman and the guy who played Raoul. Uh, but playing the Phantom was Colin Wilkinson from Les Mis. And who would uh, later play the Phantom in the London cast recording, which is, I'm uh, sorry, in the Canadian cast recording, which is great. I honestly, like, Cole Muggins' singing music of the night is fantastic. But I do not think, here he comes, it is a mistake that they got Michael Crawford to play yeah. the Phantom. Here he goes. Oh, baby. <laughs> You're like blushing right now. <laughs> Shut up. Well, the, that was that was the other thing because um, Michael Crawford at the time was not known as a musical actor. Mm-hmm. He was more of a comedic this actor. This is my thing. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, my yeah. whole point. I, yeah. yeah, it is. I, I don't think it's a mistake that they cast somebody known for his comedic prowess to play this part yeah. because it requires a certain amount of camp. Yep. Just the right amount of care. Yep. And yep. you need to not take this seriously enough just right. a bit. <laughs> like You can't be the wrong kind of dramatic. Exactly. Like there is a wrong way to do this. Yeah. yeah. And this song specifically <laughs> is the biggest hurdle this show throws up. Yeah. It really is just like it does not make anything easy on the director or the performers or anybody involved. It's just like, no, you have to do this now for five minutes. Deal with it. <laughs> By the way, there are drums here. Right. <laughs> Only time there's drums in the whole show. Yeah, no, it's I mean, just, just percussion. Like, just, just have some synthesizers. Here just we go. Kid. <laughs> it's so. It's, it's amazing. Bonkers. It's, it's bonkers. Best. It's the best. You could excise this song whole cloth and lose oh, nothing. Yeah, you don't need it you at all. The show and at the same nothing. time, it's the best. It adds nothing. It. And we lose nothing by lose. It just—it's a trip. It's a trip. Putting in all your fantasies, you always knew. And this <laughs> is just—I mean, dramaturgically, this is nonsense. It is like. Is she conscious? Is she not conscious? Yeah. It's like she I'm doesn't going, remember it. I'm just going to talk about myself in the third person now. The Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> well, and also like, he's only been introduced as the Phantom of the Opera by the by the ballet girls yeah. like early. He's more frankly known as the Ghost. He calls himself the Angel. Uh, here we go now. Oh, now, okay, wait, Sarah, Sarah Brightman. Do Sarah Brightman. Here we go. It is. I mean, really, like, it is I mean, remarkable. She is. Ex- it is. I, she is one of my favorite singers role. of all time. This is a very very hard part written specifically for her. She only did seven of the eight shows a week. There was a constant standby on... I um, believe it. I think at first it was seven. Oh, here she goes. Here she goes to the next octave. We're gonna, just gonna keep, he's just yeah. got to stand there and go, sing. <laughs> sing, yeah. Sing. Then he's going to no. come up. But then he goes up to that, like, keyboard thing, which always feels like <laughs> that guy in Billy Joel's backing band who's got, like, 
wind chimes over here and like Tim, you know, <laughs> drums, bongos over here and like four synths. That's always what that set feels like to me. Most of me, it's like super dramatic pipe organ, and I'm just like, oh, he's like in Paul Simon's backup band, like it's you know, like, he's gonna do whatever. Just let Sarah Brightman sing. He's gonna <laughs> do. You can call me Al, and then next. Oh wait, here, hit the noise. Here, here it comes. Sarah Brightman whistle it is, like it I is, just yeah I mean it's a uh, it's a thing I just uh, it's a it's a real thing oof. It, <laughs> <laughs> listen I have a lot of feelings about Sarah Brightman and her range that. okay no, like, it's quite a range it is the only moment that really actually bothers me there's a lot of stuff that happens in the show that I don't that's the one moment that bothers yeah, you that bothers, really okay. as, as a piece of like I get real so my number one bugaboo is always with storytelling and structure. And yeah. that's the stuff that bugs me the most, especially when it's an mm. own goal. Like, there's really no reason for this mistake to be made. And it really feels like what it is. It was like, well, we wrote this song, and then the score kind of went in a different direction, but we're stuck with this song that we released no, as a fair. single, and we have to include it. Yeah. So here it is. Yeah. And it just kind of lies there. Yeah. In the, in the, and it's still fairly early in Act One. Like, we are still... We're still figuring yeah, this yeah, out. This, this you know is what I mean? like, yeah, 25% of the way through. Yeah, we're not like, halfway yeah. through Act 1 yet, and yeah. we're going to have this very bizarre moment yeah. that teaches me nothing about the character, location, play, nothing. It is a placeholder. It goes, it's it's a it's a cool song. It goes on for five minutes, <laughs> like I said. And it just kind of is like... And then it is it immediately followed by Music, Music of, the Night, of the Night, which is a gorgeous song. Oh, my song. God. Absolutely gorgeous oh. song. Open up your mind, let your fantasies unwind In this darkness which you know you cannot find The darkness of the music of the my thing of like Phantom of the Opera I love it for just the fact that I think it is a showstopper number I've just it's 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 just gargantuanness I love it just is so full of itself and I'm just like sure cool you're just you're so full of yourself and you're so bombastic like yeah great let's do this and then we follow with music of the night which is Frankly, I think one of my favorite musical theater songs of all time. It oh, just it's beautiful. Is, it's it's so absolutely beautiful. beautiful. It's just is, And it is um, like, it is one of those, like, I'm trying to find. So there is a lot of controversy around it as well. Um, this is the song that he was actually sued for uh, by the Puccini estate. Oh, God. So, like, <laughs> this is a funny thing that happens when, like, Phantom comes to town, you know, because it tours. Yeah. And when it comes to town, suddenly, like, everybody who writes for the major newspaper becomes a, like, Puccini expert for a second. It's like, well, he ripped the whole score off of... Oh, 
everybody and, rips air off everyone Well, so I don't excuse that, but it is the, like, it, it, it may or may not. It, you, if you listen to the the refrains and the specific, it, they sound super oh, duper no. similar. <laughs> It just, it is a show that feels very, it, it needed somebody else. Yeah. I mean, it didn't, obviously. Like, it's been running <laughs> for 13,000 performances. What the hell do I know? <laughs> Would it maybe not have worked? Because, like, the, the very clear thing that this show shows you is, like, you can say what you will about the musicals that Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote with Tim Rice. And you can say what you will about Tim Rice as a lyricist, and I've said a lot. But <laughs> Tim Rice really understands dramatic structure. Yeah. He understands how to structure a show. So, like, Evita and Superstar are tremendously well-structured shows. The mm -hmm. characters go places... There's a build. There's an arc to it. Evita is more impressive than Superstar because Superstar is just obviously from that section mm -hmm. of the Bible. Yeah. It's just all written for them. But like, they, they, they cheated. They che absolutely. They cheated. They took a small section and made it two hours long. That's not you know whatever. But like there there's a there's a craft to it and and like his songs in in and like shows like Chess have a, a a structure to them. Agree or disagree with what happens and how good it is. Like it, it goes someplace. It it builds. It tries something. This yeah. show does not ever do that. No. And a lot of his shows without Tim Rice have that problem. Sunset Boulevard doesn't really have the problem, but like Aspects of Love, um, Whistle Down the Wind, is that the name of that show? The, these shows that just sort of kind of go, Oof, you know, they kind of fall yeah. flat. Yeah. And, or their School of Rock, where they have a really good structure to them and they're just terribly sexist. <laughs> uh, well, that's the thing with Phantom. Of like, Phantom feels to me like a series of rising arcs, almost of just like mm -hmm. I just it just keeps building until my goodness, what a finale! Like you know, you really I just I think of the finale of Phantom. Okay, maybe not the finale of Phantom, but the one moment that culminates the show. Okay. Is one of the most epic I think I've seen in musical theater. You mean the of, finale yeah, between the three yeah, yeah. characters? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. When, yeah, that, that's. I think that's one of the most just like, like my brain. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. No. Wow. It just. I just. In terms of the theatricality of it, I'm just like, the amount that has been hyped up into this moment. You've been. They've been building this stupid love triangle, for you know. Two hours at this point, like it makes no sense. Nothing about this is rewarding. Like none of you characters, aside from Christine, I like you, Christine. Like you know, I'm just like I'm 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 like barely hanging in at this point. Yeah, how do we feel about Raúl? Raúl is a beautiful idiot. <laughs> the best of idiots. He is such a beautiful say. idiot. I just, I just, I told you at the beginning, like they always made me play Raul as a sure, kid. Sure, okay, right. So, so I've gotten very like adept to this character. Understanding of Raul. Raul right. is like if Aragorn lacked a single brain cell. So like, why do you say that? What is because, it about? Because he's deeply good. He is a deeply good right. person. He's a, like what's he the, is. What's the um? 
what's the classification on the like the D and D board? He's he's lawful good. Yes, right? he is yes. lawful he's good. Lawful good. And like like Raul is lawful good, but he's a moron. <laughs> Well, yeah, it doesn't say intelligent good. It says lawful good. He's like, you know what my brilliant plan is, you guys? You know that guy who hides out in the basement and who knows all the ins and outs of the theater? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring in the police, and he's going to hide all the visible exits. This will end amazingly. It is, yes, it is not smart. Uh, And it is a direct contrast to his turn in Act 1. In notes. Well, I mean, literally, literally, he goes from being like, Christine, Christine, you don't have to. They can't make you. To, you said yourself, he was nothing but a man. Yet while he lives, he will haunt us. God, it's really funny because he also doesn't really appreciate the Phantom, like, for how dangerous he is. Nope. Because at the beginning of Act Two, he's just like, nope, Phantom's gone. Yeah. It's all good. He killed all those we people. We have nothing to worry have about nothing anymore. To worry about. Why are we keeping this secret? Christine, like, why are we keeping our occasion a secret? I'd be like, it. you know. Money, you know, remember, remember super recently <laughs> when like a lot of people died? Like enough that you would think maybe the opera house should have been burned to the ground, like or shut down permanently. We're surprised the mobs now we're reopening. Yeah, yeah, you remember great. that? Like this wonderful. is wonderful. They do an excellent job in this show of like the thing I described at the beginning. In the novel, the Phantom drops the chandelier on the audience. Like that's part of the deal. Yeah. But in in the musical it's dropped on you. So it's yeah. kind of like, well, maybe the like audience wasn't there. Maybe they like hung hung the guy and then the audience was like took Peace. off. <laughs> which is what I would do. Uh just personally. But I don't know like you just you don't know. So it's it's hard to it's hard to say. But the implication for me is that like he he absolutely everybody died. Yeah. And uh so it is weird that they like reopen the thing. They had a new chandelier. I like that lyric. He was like, oh, like we got a new chandelier. Everything's fine. This Phantom guy's not here. Totally. Why do we know he's not here? Well, reasons. Because <laughs> <Just> plots. <laughs> and like, don't think so much. And then he's back and he's wearing that amazing like, red outfit. The Red Death. The Red Death. Oh, yes. Best costume Intense in the show. costume. Oh, man. Uh, where he presents his opera. And he does his best like you know i'm still here and you have to obey me and it is really that thing of like yeah they try to set a trap for him if christine's performing he'll he'll certainly be there but i like it is the ignorance of the fact that like he he can hear you (laughs) like all the time he's in the basement he's everywhere i mean it's actually it's the lyric he says i am everywhere and but like it is the it's a thing of like trying to have secret plans with a guy who's Well take it outside. My like, let's just go on the street. That way at least we've got like a 50-50 chance he's not listening. Because in the theater, he is 100 percent listening. And even if he happens not to be, you cannot take that chance. You are hatching a secret plot. Loudly. <laughs> I mean, that's and this is one of the reasons why I 
as much as I am like, Raul, you're such an idiot. I love Raul. Raul is just like, we have all been blind. Yes, let me now <laughs> illustrate. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me talk about my big secret plan. And everyone's like, great, we're great, here for great, it. Go for plan. it. <laughs> Christine is just there like, what are you doing? Right. And so. it's not going to, I mean, it's the thing of like, I think that Christine knows <laughs> somewhere. It's a little like, um, like Clarice Starling in uh, Silence yeah. of the Lamps, where she just knows that like he's not gonna hurt me. Yeah, like that's not that's not in his mo. Yeah, he's gonna hurt a lot of people. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but he wouldn't hurt me. Like if I just do the show, it's gonna be like that's that's a better course of action. I feel yeah, like this is now the point where we should listen to Wishing You Were Somehow Here again. So, yes, Wishing let's, You Were Somehow Here yeah, again. Let's which talk is, about Wishing which You Were Somehow Here Which is maybe, I think, in my mind, I, and I think you agreed with me on this, um, maybe the best song in the show. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, there's a lot of contenders, frankly. It's ex- it's extraordinary piece of music. So this song was listed, Mark Robinson, who's a theater blogger and a friend of the show, um, listed this as one of his ten, like, songs he always skips. And he really doesn't kidding? like. Yeah, and I, I disagreed with him then, I disagree with him now. Yeah. I really, really, this is a song I learned to play on the piano. Like, I really, really, it's a very simple yeah. melody. I mean, it's very, easy that, you know. Yeah, it's very, very basic. But that's what I love about it. Yeah, is it's... I really, really like... It, maybe it gets a little melodramatic towards the, when the when the lusciousness comes in. Maybe. Yeah, but it's also... it's it's. I feel like it's such a sincere song at the same time of like... Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, like... You know, not to get super emotional about this, but like, if like... I would, you know, like if my you know dead dad i was dealing with that and like you know an angel had been like calling me from the basement the whole time well this is where she goes i mean this is the moment of like it is a it is a beautiful moment of she's gonna go out on this stage she's i mean she's totally a pawn yeah in everyone's plan in the fan's plan in, in her fiance's plan in her boss's plan she is being used at every turn and so yeah. she goes to her father's grave and she's just sort of like if you were here this would be better Exactly, and I feel like yeah. that is a lovely. Like yeah. I just think that that is beautiful. I, I agree. I, I, it is also uh, a great moment. I think again, generous read, generous read generous alert. Rude. I should set off an alarm. Generous, <laughs> generous. read alert. <laughs> but it is really because then at the end the phantom comes in and ruins this. Yes, and it is kind of the moment where she, I think, it gives her an interesting stance because like she knows he's not who yeah. he originally pretended to be. He ruins this moment by trying to, like, take over. You know what I mean? Like, it gets all kind of icky, and she really gets, I think, and But, but that's the thing. Is, befo- this is, is before this moment, it's it's a lovely song of just a woman being by herself on stage, yeah. being like, life sucks right, right now. Dad, I wish you were here. And it is just, it, I like, I really, I think the thing I like the most about it, though, is the, is the lyric. It's just the, like, wishing you were somehow here again. Like, yeah. it is just this very basic, like... I don't, I don't know how, and I don't know what. Like, it's not tell me what to do. It's yeah. not if you were here, you'd fix it. It's just like I just wish you were here. Yeah. It sucks that you're not here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's, it is. It's. it's, it's just, you know, it reminds me a lot of 
huh. is uh, empty chairs and empty tables. It is this yes. beautiful moment near the end of a show. And th this is better than that in, in, dramatically because this is her sort of getting up the courage to do the next thing she has to do. Yeah. Empty chairs and empty tables is much more of a remorseful like reflection backwards on the senselessness of like what just happened. Mm. So they're very different. Oh no, the French. Yes, oh, the French. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they're, well, they're both French. They're both French. <laughs> Important. Both French people. Yeah. Uh, but... This is much more of a screw my courage to the sticking place kind of like I yes. really like I got to do something and I don't want to do it and no matter how it ends it's going to be bad. Yeah. Like because this like, is, I don't this want is the fandom to, to die. I don't about, want my fiance to die. This is about to, to suck for me. This right. is this is no matter no, no matter what yeah. there is there is something not a good bad is there happen. is not a good choice for me to make here. Right. I just wish that the person I love most in the world was by my side. Right. And that's I it's just, beautiful. Uh, yeah, I think it that's is really quite beautiful. lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's I why this 100 percent agree. Yeah, this is why that's this. You know, it's my favorite it's, song in the show. It's yeah, not an exaggeration. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a gorgeous song. I yeah. think it is is much maligned, uh, unjustly, um, and I think it's probably because, like you were saying, like it is a moment for Christine to actually tell me what the hell she's thinking. Yeah, because all of her solos before this are either in character in an opera, like Think of well, Me. Okay, they're not solos they're right because they're, 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 they're for an audience this is for her right i mean all i ask of you which i also like i like that song um duet duet that's what i'm saying she is expressing her feelings genuinely to someone else but that's the thing she's expressing them to someone else this right. is this is um actually one of the few right. musical theater moments i can remember yeah this is actually one of the few musical and this is why christine means so much to me is um I don't think of many musical theater moments where it's just as a woman on stage singing to herself about her feelings. Mm. I, I, there's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that the, I'm sure the list. Well, but like, exactly. If, if not, remove, not in rem, removing literally like, I'm the, not, I, I'm yeah, not singing to an to audience. Kind of exactly. I'm not You're singing to an audience. I'm not singing to like, you know, express my like, Oh, my romantic emotions. It just literally is like, yeah. This kind of sucks. They're and good. I just would like to have Or they my don't. Feelings. Like it, but it, yeah, just having like a genuine Yeah. This is where it's a you know, this is where I'm at. Kind yeah, of exactly. Yeah. This is just like, hey, checking in. Things right. kind of suck right Someone now. Someone else's story kind yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that. So yeah, sure. that's yeah, it's it's I think it's I think it's actually I think it should be lauded a little bit more as a as a musical theater. So yeah. it's it's I think it's I think it's quite lovely. Let's talk about the end of the show. Because you <laughs> oh, said okay, all right. I mean, oh, so cuz we ramped up. We ramped okay, up here. We well we spent so, a lot of time kind of dancing around it because we have yes. Witching Resumo here again into the atonal opera into Point of No Return yep. into the finale which yep. is except for the down once more and track down this murder part yeah. is basically Point of No Return again. Yeah. Yeah. They're all singing yeah. Point of No Return. Yeah. And building to this choice and the fan, you know the phantom traps Raul Raul Madame Geary leads Raul with his hand at the level of his eyes for mm -hmm. the Punjal Basu, which he will forget to do <laughs> at the worst, Raul's possible, an worst possible because moment. Because Raul's an idiot. He's an idiot. He gets his way into the lair. He's there with Christine. He tries to rescue Christine. The phantom throws the loose around his neck, and now we have a choice. Christine is presented with the option that she can either live with the phantom for the rest of her life, and Raul will be set free. So do you end your days with me, or do I make a lie to you to save me. The point of no return. I am not a fool. I am a 
try my patience. Make your choice. Pitiful creature of darkness, what kind of life have you known? God give me courage to show you. option three christine doesn't christine's like 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 christine doesn't christine's like uh, the phantom's like you must choose me or raul and raul's like you must oh no christine what will you do and christine doesn't do either of them what she does is she offers compassion and she goes to this man who has haunted her and hurt her and who she knows thinks of himself as a monster, and what she does is she kisses him. And that is an extraordinary act in my mind. I, I, I mean, and, yes. th- and this is this the whole the whole musical for me, frankly, that this moment, I would I would literally fight people over this moment because I think it's beautiful. I just I, I really think it is because it just is just a basic act of like, nope. Not gonna do this, not gonna play by your rules. Your game, gonna kiss you. Let's see what happens from here. And I kind of love that. It just is, it's it's not, she doesn't play by their game anymore, I think is what it is for me. So I would agree, but slightly, I never, I interpreted it that way, but not exactly the same way. Go on. So I take that moment and I think what the authors intend is for the moment to read as her choosing him, but she's choosing him in a way he did not expect. I think what the Phantom expects to happen in that moment Mm -hmm. is we have Raul over here, gonna die. And I think that the Phantom expects one of two things to happen. Either she will... I think the Phantom expects her to choose him, begrudgingly. Mm -hmm. Yes, and then her to be like begging for Raul's life. And but that's, that's, well, but, so but on, that's, that's my whole point. This but is, go, ahead, go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I think I'm, I think we're, I think I'm driving to the same house. Yes, I so think we're up. in the same place. <laughs> so then that's what he expects. And what he's going to do in that circumstance is kill Raul anyway. Like, I think that's where we're at. Because yeah. he's just, he's got, like you say, he perceives himself to be a monster. Yeah. What she does is choose him to save Raul, ostensibly. But she does it, like you say, in a way that he does not expect. She yeah. gives, she treats him with compassion. Yeah, yeah, I will agree with that read. She she gives him a kiss instead of like the begrudging, like, all right, fine. Yeah. She kisses him, which is not what he thought was going to happen. And in that moment where she demonstrates, you know what I mean? It is a real yeah. kiss because it is a real, it is not a begrudging kiss. It is not... It it is a it's a genuine like King Kong kind of moment where she just like she actually does 
I'm not saying she loves him. I think that is what the sequel did, and that is We often... don't talk about the sequel in this house. Oh, okay. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> made me feel like my mother. Very much my mother there for a second. The, but it, true, and, and fine. <laughs> also, I'm, I'm with you. But like, there is often a read in these shows... Uh, when when, th- when stories like this are sequelized, it happens actually in Silence of the Lambs too, where there becomes this like connection between the woman and the monster that has to then be romantic, like genuinely romanticized. Yeah, and I think that is wrong. Exactly. Well, this goes back to my point of like Christine Daae is a highly underrated character in in musical theater, frankly, because like she has this moment of like literally what she says is you know. Pitiful creature of God of darkness, what kind of life have you known? God gave me courage to show you you are not alone. Right. Like, it is an act of trema- – it's not, like, in love romantic. And that's, I think, what's so beautiful about it is she just goes, okay, like, right. I, 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 like I'm, I am so sorry that life has treated you the way that it has. Yeah. I'm going to kiss you now. Right. <laughs> like, like well, and just stop. It has this very yes. real feeling of like, just stop. Exactly. This is nuts. Yeah. You're all crazy. Yeah, <laughs> no. Is that's, like, I feel this is Christine. Everyone pl- is this wrong. This is Christine being like, okay, I'm throwing the brakes on all of this. Everyone is wrong. Exactly. Here. Yeah. And it's, um, I just, I think it's, I, it's, again, it's, for me, it is the showstopper moment of just like, because Eric is clearly wrecked by it. Like the Phantom does not know what to do. Of right. just like he's just like, like I mean, literally after that point, he's like, "Yeah, I'm done." Like, like he does. Let, he, let, he, I, like I'm gonna let Raul go. Well, you guys I, get out of here. I'm so sorry. He, Bye. He does. Like, he does the. I mean, it's too late. Obviously, but yes. he does the right thing. I yeah. mean, in that moment of being like, of of. Of stopping. I mean, he does the thing. He stops. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, all right, get out. Yeah. Like, it's all, don't tell them where I am. Please. Yeah. But, yeah. like, go and be happy with each other and yeah. get out of here. Yeah. And then he, like, kills himself or he doesn't. Or maybe he goes to Coney Island and starts a bowling alley. Who knows? But uh, No, he doesn't. We don't talk about the sequel. <laughs> that, was just, that was so much fun. Um, <laughs> that's what actually happens in the sequel, gang. No. <laughs> that's what happens in the sequel. I'm not I know. I know. But no. I mean, one of the um, from from the version that I saw of it back in London, one of the other beautiful moments that really stuck with me was um, as Christine and Raoul are sort of leaving. Christine is looking back. Mm-hmm. Christine looks back at yeah. the Phantom as she leaves, and it's um, again. This is why you know Angie. Angie will die on this on this on this, on this hill. hill. Christine Daae is a highly underrated musical theater character sure. of just like, like she is like legitimately like looking back at this person that, you know, was a huge part of her life. And she's just like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I, yeah. What, where do, you know, I, there was nowhere for us to go from here, but I'm still going to like watch you as I go. But you are, you are bringing up, I think what is kind of my, final not final thought on the show but like Mm -hmm. where i land on this show there are certain shows it happens a lot more in movies but it it happens Mm -hmm. in shows too especially in musicals where if the trappings are right and 
the aesthetics are correct and the tropes are clear. Like they're very big. Look, this is basically at the end of the day, a love triangle. And we all understand how love triangles work. Yep. If all those things are in place enough, an audience can be fooled into thinking they have just seen something that they haven't actually seen. Yeah. Because both of us with these moments that we enjoy are meeting this show well more than halfway. Yeah, we're really doing the effort. We for are the doing show. work. We are putting in the effort <laughs> to read it in the best possible way yeah. because something about it it speaks to us. Yeah, tenderness, quietness, the score, whatever it is, the character yeah. in that moment, an experience we share, blah blah, blah whatever it is. Yeah, we still have to meet this show more than halfway. We really do. Like and this show makes that you is put, why it ultimately it is put, not a well-written show. I don't it say it's a, a good show. It's but a it is terrible not a show. show. No, let's yeah. let's be honest. It's a Phantom is not a good show, and that it is a terrible show. And I still, <laughs> and I will still fight you to the death over it. Like I will still, literally, like I like it is awful. It is every part of me as a feminist feels like I should apologize for loving this show, and I don't care. I love it. Mm-hmm. I I I love everything about it. I I I think it's a, I I. I think well, it's extraordinary. A- I think the music is wonderful. I and there are moments in it that will. Like yeah, because stir Christine, my tender heart until I die. Christine has just enough agency, and also just enough. And I mean by that I mean not nearly Full enough. Bare modicum. Barely enough. <laughs> but like just enough where you're never like. Uh, it's not. I'm trying to think of exactly how to word this because it's not like I think actually. She has uh, the littlest agency It's not that she possible. doesn't have agency. <laughs> she is never on board with what is happening. That's yeah, the advantage. Yeah, it's yeah. not that she doesn't do it, but she is never on board with anything that's happening. Yeah. It's all yeah. bad to her. She's yeah. like, no, Raul's plan stinks. The Phantom's plan stinks. Your plan stinks. I don't want to take her job. I yeah. don't need to do that. I will be the page boy, the silent role. I work here. That's the deal. Yeah. I will do what I, like, I will do the right thing. Yeah. She's always, but she's always against the plans, the scheming, the the death, all that stuff. Yeah. And she has a full appreciation for what is happening at yeah. any given moment, more than almost every other character. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so to that end, it's not Again, that I think that Madame Giri is the only other one yes, who's even the two slightly smarter. Yes, any clue like, what's yeah. happening on the stage <laughs> at any given moment. And I think that that, it's not agency, it's that intelligence. Yeah. That makes her work. Yeah. And also the fact... I would argue that this is the reason the whole musical works. Is sure. Because Christine is actually like a legitimately good person. She's not the smartest. She's not the brightest. But she doesn't need to be. But she's, she's not the leg- dumbest. She's not... That's the thing. She's, she's not, never yeah, fooled. No. She's taken in yeah. by some tropes and yeah. some wishes that we fully understand. She really wants... The Phantom. Well, to she's be, also like a sixteen-year-old girl. She is, like yes, you so know, she's is, a child. She's she literally a child. A child. Yes, she is a child. Finds out that you know the voice in her mirror is not her dad. Right. Cool. Got to deal with that. Yeah. You know, and she, it's he he the Phantom gets her, but tricks her by it's like she's a very vulnerable person, and he plays on those vulnerabilities. She yeah. isn't willfully tricked, and once no. she understands what's really happening, like I say, she's not on board. She doesn't defend. The yeah. Phantom's tactics. She doesn't say, I want to go back to him. She doesn't say yeah. any of that. She yeah. just, she's doing her best, I feel like. Yeah. And 
the problem then becomes that she is just horribly underwritten. Yeah. But yeah. the writing she is given is better than you might expect. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a compliment exactly, but it well, is a like she's not a willful participant in her own destruction. Well, and I think there's there's an extraordinary piece of music in in this show, um, Twisted Every Way. Twisted every way, what answer can I give? Am I to risk my life to win the chance to live? Can I betray the man who once inspired my voice? Do I become his prey? Do I have any choice? He kills without a thought. He murders all that's good. I know I can't refuse, and yet I wish I could. Oh, God, if I agree, what horrors wait for me in this land? I mean, it's Christine's inner life of her literally being like, this sucks, you guys. Like, you're not listening to me. Mm-hmm. You're putting me in a really bad situation. I don't want to do this. And you're not giving me any options. Right. And that's, again, uh, just thinking of her as a character and just thinking of musical theater in general, it's just, is a, for me, a very extraordinary piece of music of just like, yeah, I don't hear a lot of women being like, no, 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 thank you, no. And it just again, this the whole reason the whole reason the musical works for me, and I think why the reason I love it so much is, I think Christine is a wonderful. I think mm-hmm. uh, you know every everyone else feels like a little bit of a trope for me, aside from you know Madame Giry and Christine Dyer. Sure. Like that's that's and that's you know and that's. But that's it. That's all. I, that's all I needed as a kid, you know, to be like, you know, this is ridiculous. It makes no sense. I am as 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 a feminist, I should be indignant about it. I love everything about this, and I will fight you over it. Yeah, I get. I mean, so. the, the, the sins come into the fact that well, she's opposed to everything. She does not have the power to stop it. Exactly. And they yeah. don't really. So. Which I mean, I would argue I don't think... a lot of musicals at the time in the '80s and early '90s. Oh, sure. Which, like but was... you can't. I mean, that is an, ex- an excuse. It's you not an just excuse. Everyone else but it's is just doing as, it. But I also, at the, the same time, I'm like, Nyah. the show doesn't do anything to. Like, she doesn't have the power to stop anything. It also doesn't stop to address the fact that she doesn't have the power to stop anything. Yeah. Because yeah. it skips that scene. It, yeah. We go right from the scene where Raul's like, this is the plan. And everybody's like, yeah, that's the plan. And she's like, I don't think that's the plan. And then we skip the next half of the scene, which is when everybody goes, this is the plan. And yeah. she goes, fine. We just skip that and we go right to the graveyard. Well, that's the thing. So but the show kind of has it both ways. But in that's that the thing. It's, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't go to her accepting it. It goes to wishing we were somehow here again, which is not, right. her, which is not her being like, I'm on board with this. It goes to her being like, hey, dad. Right. Da- dad, but dad, it's, what I'm saying dad, is, I don't like this, dad. It skips that <laughs> like, moment. And so it's kind of a cheat. It doesn't put the onus on her to accept. It doesn't put the onus on Raul to pressure her into it, because God forbid, then we might start to dislike him. Oh, no. You know what I mean? It doesn't doesn't go to the place it needs to go to have the real, like, to address that moment. It just skips it because it's inconvenient. And we go to the good song. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, as I say, I don't care so much because the song's (laughs) so good. It's that thing of, like, that's what I'm saying where, like, this show it hits all these moments enough well, yeah, that you don't say, realize like, while you're watching it the first time that nothing is happening. Like nothing no, makes any sense yeah, at no- all. Nothing, that's, nothing I feel is like happening. That's Phantom in a nutshell yeah. though, I feel. is like, 
None of the moments, there's, there's, like, the plot jumps, like, and skips and jumps, and, like, it's like, oh, I didn't, we're here now, surprise, like, yeah. it doesn't lead up to anything, there's no build-up, there's no actual conflict between characters, but at the same time, the moments that are there, and the music, and um, the moments of genuine um, spectacle that they manage to find, and frankly, I'm, I'm... You know, I'm I'm never a fan of like spectacle for spectacle's sake, but like by George's Phantom do spectacle well. Yeah, it like does. like like you know, if if you're gonna if you're gonna win me over, like give me a give me a kiss yeah. like that. Sometimes like, imitated, never never duplicated. Exactly. It is, yeah, it's a yeah. whole it's a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, yes, and it is. I do really wonder, and God, I hope I live long enough to that this comes true. Oh no! But I do wonder what happens to this show. After it closes and oh, it is man. available. Yeah. Because people will do it. Can I tell you? Oh, God. I want to do, I want to do retro phantom. Are you kidding me? I want to do like, <laughs> I want to do like 1990s, like, like grungy. I want to do grunge phantom. Oh, that'd be fun. I yeah, want to yeah. do grunge phantom. But see, the thing for me, the, the, the tricky bit for me is that like. Someone hire me to do grunge phantom. Well, it's not available yet. You got to wait. Hire but, me. Okay. Hire, <laughs> hire, hire Angela. The, um, just in general. But the, like, <laughs> the bit of it being, like, since there's not a lot, there's nothing in the material to sink your teeth into. And it's very hard to sing. Yeah. I feel like it doesn't, and I think they might know this, it doesn't have as long of a life after it closes as a lot of long-running shows do. It's more... Um, like it's more of like oh Calcutta than other like Cats has the same problem. I mean Cats being a huge dancing show, like it can't. Cats is currently turning into a blockbuster movie. Movie. So True. I was well, gonna hang say. on, hang on. <laughs> we don't know what kind of movie it is yet, but um, like people don't do Cats very often. Like I saw Cats at Toby's like ten years mm, ago or something. Yeah. But like Cats doesn't pop up on the reg. Yeah. It doesn't pop up in community theater. It doesn't yeah. have a life outside of the professional world because of what yeah. kind of show it is. And that's fine. It's a dance show. Like, that happens to dance shows. Chorus Line has the same basic problem. Mm -hmm. But, like, Phantom, if you take away... Like, what does the community theater production of Phantom of the Opera look like? I don't know, but I want what it. you want to see. <laughs> also, like, the community theater production of the show that opened the same year and won Best Score instead of Phantom, which is Into the Woods. The community theater production of Into the Woods, whether or not you can, like, handle that score... Like people want to do that. They want to play those parts. They want to sink their teeth into it. They want to develop that show. This show, I feel like it, the audience and the audience wants to come see it. Mm -hmm. If you take away all the spectacle from this show, what is what remains? I and don't I'll know. be interested to see. I really yeah, want to I was, know. Yeah, I was going to say I don't know, but like, give it to me. I will do my best. Sure. Like that is that is that I think is it has all an I want. Life. That is it's all like, I want in my life. The first is like just... five years after it's available, I think it's everywhere. It's the next five years, and then the next. Like I really want to know: is this show live on past its own little? Well, so the interesting thing that happened with Into the Woods was um, everyone's kind of come up with their own adaptations and their own versions of mm -hmm. it, right? And the thing of, with Phantom is I think it's um, – Into the Woods was is, is a little bit sort of um, not nebulous in terms of its style, but it's, um, let us say, a little bit more adaptive and dynamic. Sure. Whereas Phantom, I think, is – we think of it as being so iconic because it is iconic. Mm -hmm. It is an incredibly iconic production. 
So my thing that I'm really excited for is I'm actually really excited to see people take on their versions of Phantom. I I want to see the community theater production of Phantom. Like, yeah, mm. give, give me your... You know, put the boat on a roller blade right. and just like, you know, like jettison it across the set. Because I think um, there's a creativity that we are um, starting to embrace a little bit more in terms of um, if it is iconic, what can we do more with it? Um, mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's, a, that's super exciting. I think that that is, um, this is a really like exciting era for a musical, for musical theater in America of just like, you know, we have these big showstoppers of like, you know, yes, we know the iconic versions. What now? Sure. And I think that that's the thing I'm really excited for Phantom is I'm, you know, I, I can't wait for 10 years from now when someone does a Phantom revival and does it like in, you know, 1980s New York and Christine is wearing a leotard. Like, give it, well, give it to Well, you say 10 years from now. Give I mean, it to God, Five years. God two knows, years. No, God knows. <laughs> like, the thing is, God knows when this yeah. show is ever going to close. I'm also going to add at this point, if you are listening to this podcast and you are younger than this show... Please go to Instagram at OriginalCastPod and comment on the post for this show. I would really like to know how many listeners are younger than this show. Hi. Um, I was almost eight when it opened. <laughs> Angela, thank you so much. Thank um, you. What do you have going on? the rest of 2019 and 2020. So I will be um, delighted. I'm delighted to say I will be at Next Stop Theater. I will be um, uh, directing, the, uh, uh, I guess, a theater for young audience productions. Um, Evan, I'm sorry if I messed that up, but I am directing Puffs. It is oh, a cool. It is a Harry yeah. Potter show. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, and wow. So That'll be ever, fun. For all my beautiful um, children who I've no doubt, uh, who I'm cast and working with at this point, Hi. Yeah, Puffs is great. Uh, Puffs is Puffs stands for Hufflepuff, by the way, for those of you who don't know. And where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me at uh, La Shield Maiden on Instagram or on Twitter. Or uh, if you want to follow uh, Marks in Soho, you can follow us at Sisters Marks on uh, Twitter or uh, Marks in Soho 2019 on Instagram. Very cool. Thank you so much, Angela. Thank you, Patrick. It's Phantom of the Opera, everybody. We did it. We, <laughs> we did, did it. it. Yay. Yay. We did Phantom. <laughs> we are never doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> Original Cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The Original Cast is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Original Cast Pod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at Unknown Penguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help people find the show. You can also listen to us on Stitcher and Spotify. My thanks to Angela K. Perko for coming and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have reversed.